and welcome. You are joining Gore and Guilty podcast. I'm Greg. And I'm Georgia. And today, I believe Georgia has an awesome episode lined up for us. We're all about the paranormal and uh, there's some crime as well, right Georgia? Yeah, so we've got a paranormal episode this week with a little bit, a little spice of uh, crime um, entwined in it. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. It's a good one. There's um, a few photographs that I'll be sending Greg along the way because I want to get his live response to some of the creepiness, uh, which I will be will be uploading to our Instagram so you can join along with him and see those photographs from yourself. So I'm excited. Sounds very, very exciting. I can't wait. But before we jump into that, how, how are things with you, Georgia? Yeah, really good, thank you. It's been um, an interesting week. Um, I have handed in my resignation for my job. So I will be, I know, big, but um, I'm going to be doing a master's in global ecology and conservation. So I'm going back back into academia, um, but it'll be good. It's just, it's sad, sad leaving um, the job and, and some people there that I care about, so... But it's okay. It's all positive. Are you excited about being a student again? I think I am. Yeah, maybe I'm not. <laughs> maybe I'm not cut out for adult life quite just yet. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, and it actually means I won't disclose where yet. But we'll be living in the same city. Mm. So eventually. So woohoo! So that'd be nice. We can do live podcasts. Yes. Together in the same room. <laughs> So that'll be really exciting. How about you? How's your week been? My week's been my week's been good. It's been been a bit tiring. You're just exploring. Uh, sit, well, can I say Cardiff? Yeah, I, I can say we're in Cardiff. Yeah, well, we, we, I, you are. I will be. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. Uh, Back to Wales. No stalkers, please. But they do well to find yeah. me. It's a big place. <laughs> I yeah, I've just been kind of exploring around here. Um, and getting used to new surroundings, I suppose. But everyone's super friendly here. Yeah. And it'd be nice to go back to Wales. So we spent what five years there in Swansea, and I do, I do love Wales. So that'll be nice. Indeed, indeed, it's a it's a beautiful place. Highly recommend it to everyone that's looking for somewhere to travel. But I, it was kind of weird. I uh, I saw yesterday. A load of people with suitcases, and I was, and I was like, "Why? Where? Who's suitcase? Yeah, just like tourists, and oh, gosh. and it just like because it's been so long, because it's been so long since anything like that, my mind just couldn't compute it anymore. Yeah, it, oh gosh, that would be a weird sight because you just we've just got accustomed now to not going anywhere exciting, not going on holiday, and. Things are slowly opening up, so we'll see. Hopefully things will be back to normal soon. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? Speaking <laughs> of things that aren't normal, though, as we mentioned in the last episode, we're planning on going a bit crazy with our yeah. question thing now. Instead of you guys asking us questions, we're now going to ask you guys the question... Yeah. And we're gonna see what you say. So shall I get shall I get some of the responses up? Yes, I are oh, it's such a good idea. I loved hearing all of your responses and just that interaction. We wanna to get to know you guys. So I think that was yeah, fantastic Indeed. idea. And some Which of the responses good. were pretty creepy. They they put me on the edge yes. of my seat. 
I feel like I've got a lot of fears. <laughs> we asked what your biggest phobias are because, yeah. well, there's no reason we just wanted a, a, you know, a, a good question to start with. Want to be a bit nosy. Yeah, a bit nosy. Yeah. We're not trying to scare you guys, don't worry. <laughs> but I loved that we got like a range of, there were some people that were very pragmatic with what they were scared of. Yes. Yeah. So cleaning up vomit was one. Yeah, not a fan. Claire said that she's afraid of public speaking. I think we can all relate to that. Oh, that one, definitely, yeah. And then we had kind of the other end of the spectrum, which was pretty imaginative, in my opinion. Mm. So Chris said that uh, it would have to be a six-foot serial killer cockroach, that its MO would be to target true crime fans, presumably putting us all in danger. (laughs) Absolutely, that sounds terrifying. Mm. (laughs) Indeed, and cockroaches are all just a bit... Oh, they're indestructible. They can can't they survive an apocalypse? So yeah, you wouldn't want a six foot one. Yeah, you wouldn't want to go against that one in a marathon. Oh, someone else gave a really good pragmatic one. Jay, eating in crowds. Oh yes, yeah. Especially like mm. difficult foods as well. Like you've got a spaghetti going on a spag bowl. Not 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 ideal. Can you imagine that? A bowl of spaghetti. In front of a thousand people. <laughs> Whilst public speaking and a, a cockroach <laughs> comes in on the back <laughs> in the background. Having, having to talk about your life, <laughs> eating a big old bowl of spaghetti with a thousand people <laughs> have come to see you. That would be that would be yeah, that's the stuff of nightmares, just all those beady eyes watching you. and I'm just such a oh, gosh, clumsy terrifying. eater. Oh, I'm so messy. It just yeah embarrassing really. But that is it, that's a good one. And then we also got, Amandine said, waking up it with locked-in syndrome. And I didn't know what locked-in syndrome is. No. I googled it, and it's not very nice. Do you know what it is? Yeah, it's like, I think you just wake up, and you're just paralysed. Is that like sleep paralysis? What? No, it's like permanent, I think. <gasps> you just, they call it, I guess they call it locked-in syndrome, because you're locked in your body. Amandine, you're giving me another phobia. I don't need more to add to my list of like... <laughs> things to be scared of oh gosh oh no no it doesn't sound pleasant yeah that was um that was an interesting read i'm so basic it's just snakes for me can't do snakes oh greg is terrified of snakes absolutely terrified of snakes it's mm, yeah, sort of snakes in a me oh, it's a little bit me but it's quite funny <laughs> for me snakes on the plane is the scariest movie in the world <laughs> How about you? I'm. I've got a couple, you know, heights. It's a fear of falling, really. I, I can do, you know, I can go up a high building. I can go on a bridge and stuff. But it's that fear of falling. Um, and then my second one would be rising water, which is a bit of a, a strange one. But like, if I was in a room and the water was rising, that would worry me. Um, it's quite a unique niche one. <laughs> yeah. Four in a bath must be a nightmare for you. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, baths are fine. No, it's fine. It's um, and like tsunami, that kind of mm, not, not. I can't watch the Titanic. This isn't just no. an excuse for getting out of washing up, then. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, I can't do it. No, <laughs> the sink's rising. No, but yeah, no, I am. I am scared of quite a few things. I, I, I try and convince myself and people around me that I'm that I'm not a wimp, but no, I definitely, definitely am. So, yeah, no, awesome. it's a. Good one. And hopefully everyone enjoys the new format, because we get to yes. give little shout-outs as well. Yeah! So let us know what you think, and yeah, give us some feedback. 
with no further ado, do you want to delve into all things paranormal? Yes, let's do it. So this week we're going to be talking about the Myrtles Plantation. It was named one of the most haunted houses in America. So I thought I would structure this out with uh, talking about the long history that it has, uh, and then I'll lead into, at the end, the paranormal activity that occurs here, because uh, there'll be names of uh, spirits that are here, that once you hear the backstory, you'll you'll become more familiar with them, and you'll you'll know what their history is, and their stories behind them, so I I think this is probably the best way to go about it. So this was a antebellum plantation. Now, if you don't know what antebellum means, it is pre-Civil War. So this plantation was situated in St. Francisville, Louisiana, in the United States of America, and was built in 1792. It was first owned by General David Bradford. Um, However, the plantation was built upon a First Nations burial ground by the Tumika people, and they were situated in the Mississippi River Valley. So we haven't got great grounds to start with that they have built this upon a a burial ground. Yeah, that's not not off to a flyer there. No, no, not at all. So I'm going to be sending Greg a picture of the property because it is absolutely stunning. It is built amongst giant oak trees and it has 10 acres. It has a 125 foot veranda. It's a mansion. It's There's 22 rooms over two floors and a beautiful grand hallway. Have you got the photograph? Yeah, so I'm looking at it now. It does look very nice, to be fair. We'd happily stay in there for an Airbnb. Also, kind of has a Red Dead Redemption vibe for any gamers out there. Well, it's South South America, so there is that kind of country vibe, maybe. Am I getting it all wrong? (laughs) I think no. No, I don't think so. Southern America, though, right? Mississippi. What did I say? You said South America, but it sounds like... I was was worried I'd... Southern. Yeah. Southern America, yes. It's an easy... There's a lot of ambiguity there. I think... uh, America needs to really rethink its naming stuff because you've got <laughs> South America in America and then South America the continent. So I don't yes, think we're there's... alone. I don't think we're alone with that ambiguity. <laughs> well, I meant South, <laughs> South, Southern America. So no, yeah, Southern, Southern America. Yeah, Louisiana. <laughs> oh dear, but yeah, it's an absolutely stunning place, and yeah, it's beautiful. However, the history isn't quite so pleasant. So in 1796, when it was first built, it was actually named Laurel Grove. General David Bradford lived here alone for several years in hiding before the President John Adams pardoned him for his role in the Pennsylvania Whiskey Rebellion in in 1799. Whiskey Rebellion. Yes. So there's there's two accounts here. One that says he was hiding here until the president pardoned him for mm. something um, during this Whiskey Rebellion. But there's another story where 
there was reports that David, who was actually known as Whiskey Dave, uh, because of this whiskey rebellion, that he actually fled the country to avoid arrest. So there was no pardon. He just got out of there and sold the plantation. So there's there's two accounts. However, at one stage, if we go down the lines that he was pardoned, his wife, Elizabeth, and their five children actually moved into the property mm. after this pardoning. And it was in 1808, Bradford died and his wife took over the property until 1817. So f- for nine years. Mm. Good maths. Thank you. <laughs> and at this point, she then hands over the management to a former law student of David's, Clark okay. Woodruff. So, regardless of which story is the truth, Dave has now passed away. His wife has handed over the management of it and sold the property to Clark Woodruff, who actually ended up marrying one of their daughters, Sarah Matilda. Sarah without a H. Now, there's there's going to be a couple Sarahs in this. Sarah without a H. (laughs) (laughs) They both had three children. So Clark and Sarah had three children named Africa Gale, James, and Mary Octavia. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the girls have got fancy names. Yeah, and then just James. James. Just James. Just James. Bless him. Sounds like a stage name. <laughs> just James. It's Johnny this evening. It's just James. The other, the other two sound like house DJs or something. Oh, no. Africa Gale. Brilliant. Africa Gale. Um, and what was the other one? Mary Octavia. Mary Octavia. Actually, she sounds more like a like some sort of either a super villain or a superhero. Can't decide which. Mary Octavia. Mm. Yeah, mm. that is good. That is, is strong. We'll we'll sit on it and we'll decide by the end. Yes. <laughs> so Clark was a well-known judge, and he was also an owner of many slaves. <sighs> boo. Yeah, boo, boo, boo. Which was outrageously, it was the normal back then. Which is just very, very, very not okay. Um, and so this plantation he had. Slaves that were in the fields working grueling hours, just awful conditions out in the outside in the, in the fields of the plantation, and then he had a range of house slaves that were inside the building, and one of these slaves inside was called Chloe. Now Chloe was a house slave, and she was also the victim of Clark's for many years. So she was abused and she was also his mistress and she was quite a young girl. God. Oh, it's horrible. And it doesn't get any better. Chloe was known to eavesdrop and she would... Chloe was known to eavesdrop and she would listen into Woodrow's conversations. It was thought that she would do this for two reasons. One, to gain information so that she could adapt her behaviour to reduce the abuse that she was subjected to. Or two, to gain popularity amongst the other slaves to um, increase her status amongst them. One day, whilst eavesdropping on Woodruff and his associates, 
whilst they were discussing business and politics and all things important for that matter, she actually pushed the door open ajar. And as she pushed the door open, it creaked and she was caught red-handed. As punishment, Clark Woodruff decided to cut her ears off. And yes, it's not pleasant. And so that she could listen into their conversations again. And this disfigurement would be an indication to the other slaves why you shouldn't do this. Yeah. That's very unpleasant. I think I'd add that to my list of biggest phobias. Yeah, <laughs> right? <laughs> I think that could say that be added. awful. Yeah. Mm. So, to hide this disfigurement, she was made to wear a green headscarf. And this became quite a well-known characteristic of Chloe to have this green headscarf. There was rumours in the plantation that Woodruff had a new young mistress and it was said that Chloe began to feel nervous that she would be banned from the house and and made to work in the fields. So on one of Woodruff's daughter's ninth birthday Chloe hatched a plan. She boiled down some oleander leaves, which are deadly, deadly poisonous, and she put this into the birthday cake. Some say that she didn't actually want to kill the wife and the three children. She wanted to make them ill, and then she would nurse them back to health. And actually in the South, during this time, local healers were really well respected in the community. If she managed to get them back to full health, and it was all she did that, she would probably have been safe from working in the fields. She'd have been revered as a star. However, it didn't quite go to plan. This cake killed two of the children and the wife, Sarah Matilda. Oops. Yeah. Once the other slaves heard about what happened, they dragged Chloe from her bed and hanged her and threw her body in the river. The other slaves did that. Yes, they did. And this was because they either feared feared that they would be associated with what Chloe's just done, mm. or they knew what would happen to Chloe as punishment, so wanted to uh, kind of help Chloe get out of the punishment that Clark Woodrow would subject her to. Mm. There's There's lots of places where this story is read, and... However, I do need to mention that there are no formal reports that this happened and that the deaths of the two children and the mother were reported as having yellow fever. So it's debated whether Chloe exists. However, there are lots of reports. Oh, so this, is, this could all just be hooey. It all could be, yes. But it's quite a, an interesting story. Well, we're, we're not a... We're not a it's not like we're a, a, an institute of science here, you know. We're here to have fun exactly. and talk about things. <laughs> so, you know, let's, let's choose to live on the wild side and presume it's true for now. Exactly. And also, apparently I read somewhere that there was no reported slaves here either. So we'll take it all with a pinch of salt because he, Clark Woodruff was well known to own slaves, but it wasn't ever written down. So... Would they want to say 
that Chloe did this to their children and his wife. Who knows? Maybe it was easier for them to write down. Would the require a hell of an imagination if someone did. Yes, it would, wouldn't it? So in 1831, Elizabeth, the wife of David Bradford, the, the original owner, mm -hmm. she actually died in 1831. So Clark Woodruff and Mary Octavia, the surviving daughter, uh, moved to Covington, Louisiana, and they left the plantation to a caretaker to look after. Mary Octavia was the one that survived. Yeah, superhero. So superhero. just James here didn't, unfortunately, and Africa Gale also unfortunately didn't. In 1834, Woodruff sold the plantation and his slaves which, yeah, um, to Ruffin Gray Sterling. Sterling had a wife, Mary Catherine Cobb, and they both decided... It's quite a mouthful of a name, yeah, really, isn't it? Yeah, what was that? Half on Cobb. Mary Catherine Cobb. Oh, Catherine Cobb. Oh, okay. I thought it was, like, someone with a list saying Hasselhoff. <laughs> <laughs> not quite, not quite. So... They both decided to remodel the home and they actually nearly doubled the property in size. They filled it with all these lavish, expensive items imported from Europe. And it was at this point that the plantation was renamed to the Myrtles due to the crap myrtle that grew near the home. The couple had at least nine children. Two daughters and seven sons. A lot of children. In 1854, unfortunately, Sterling died to TB, and at this point, five of his children had also died. So he's only got four left. Blimey. Yeah. Uh, disease was a big contributor during this time, of course. Mm. So the Myrtles made it out of the American Civil War, although they were robbed of all the lavish items that were found inside. And there were actually stories that three men died within the house during this ransack. Again, it's not quite reported, but it was one of those legends that have been told. Mary Cobb Sterling hired William Drew Winters to manage the plantation. He was a lawyer and agent and married one of the Sterling's surviving daughters, Sarah with a H. Sarah mm. and William had six children. However, unfortunately, one died due to typhoid. And the family fortune was lost due to the aftermath of the war. It was all tied up in Confederate currency, which this led Winters being forced to sell the plantation in 1868 until he bought it back two years later. So all that paperwork probably was all for nothing, really. <laughs> in 1871, William Winters was shot on the porch, potentially by a man named E.S. Weber, but it's not confirmed. It is said that he was shot by a stranger. This place is wild. I know, it's got a history, isn't it? Well, better than Downton Abbey. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> Winters stumbled inside and tried to climb the stairs, and he died on the 17th step. There are two accounts where one, he died in the what? in the arms of his wife on the 17th step, or he died on his own 
on the 17th step. But what's important is, it's the 17th step. <laughs> so mm. that is actually the only confirmed reported murder that has occurred that has occurred in the house. However, it was it is said that they believe 10. So take that with what you will. Sarah, his wife, stayed at the plantation with her mother, Mary Cobb, siblings and children until 1878, where she died. Two years later, Mary Cobb Sterling died in 1880. The plantation was passed on to one of her sons, Stephen. However, the plantation was in a lot of debt. So he sold it to O'Ran D. Brooks in 1886, who sold it in 1889. It was passed on to many people until 1881. A lot of transferring. A lot of... Yeah, it was just passed from place to place because of this debt. Um, and it finally landed on Harrison Milton Williams. Hmm. But yeah, there's a lot of, lot of changing of owners uh, during this time. So we've now reached the 20th century. Don't worry, the history now is short. It was, it was the... <laughs> All the action was in the 19th. Yeah, exactly. So the land surrounding the property was divided into Harrison's heirs. In 1950, the house was sold to Marjorie Manson, who began to notice odd occurrences occurring around the house. This sparked rumours of ghost stories about the plantation. The house then was passed again to many owners until 1970, when James and Francis Kerman Myers bought the property. And <laughs> these names, I don't know who's... Crazy names, yeah. Are you sure this isn't Downton Abbey? Because <laughs> <laughs> this is 1970 now. But it's, um, you know, you have to have a minimum of three names to a person. It seems so. I'd be all right. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you would be all right, definitely. <laughs> Francis and James, when they bought the property, they turned it into a and b Francis actually wrote a book during the time about the plantation and named it the most haunted home in the US. So he wrote stories all about the ghostly occurrences that happened here. Mm. And they even reported seeing a young girl with a green headscarf. Ooh, that would be scary. So, yeah, so that could be Chloe. So whether that story's true or not, there's starting to be little pieces of evidence or clues to whether that story really did exist. Ugh. The current owners, John and Tita Moss, continues now to open up the house to ghost tours and overnight stays. In August 2015, there was a fire which situated in the historical general store located only 10 feet away from the main house. There was substantial damage, however, most of the damage was caused to the extension built in 2008, which meant the original structure was still intact, which is a good thing, really, I suppose, in a bad situation. The plantation has been put on the National Register of Historic Places, and now is a very popular spot for tourists to come and search for all ghosts and ghouls. It's been featured in many movies and books, you name it, it's probably had one written about it. And what sort of hauntings? So they've seen a girl in the green scarf, which could be Chloe. Are there any others? Yes. So we've now reached where I'm going to go through all the different ghostly occurrences. And <laughs> we've got to the ghost, we've done the history now. Let's get to the nitty gritty. 
(laughs) (laughs) The history lesson is out of the way. (laughs) Now we reach the fiery crescendo. Yes. Here we go. The property is home to at least 12 spirits. And as I said before, it's often believed that there was 10 murders that occurred here. However, only the murder of William Winters was reported. So it does need to be taken with a little pinch of salt. Firstly, William's footsteps can be heard walking up the stairs. Children laughing and playing can also be heard, which is incredibly creepy. Yeah, that is really creepy, isn't it? A First Nations woman can be seen on the property. After all, it was situated on a First Nations burial ground, so... So we've got this lady. Was it First Nations, like Native Americans? Yes, yeah. In America, uh, we went to a um, First Nations um, presentation, and um, and this lady was she did all these amazing dances and talked through all of her um, traditions, and they she said there that they prefer to be called First Nations rather than Native Americans because they were there first. If they weren't, they don't want. To necessarily to be associated with America. American mm. culture and that but they were the first nations or the first people. Good to know. Yeah. Lesson yeah. learned. That's in there now. It's in the brain. <laughs> I'll remember that. First Nations. It's quite nice. Yeah, it's a nice I I like that. But it's like the classic that's a classic, um, going back to the fact that it was built on a First Nation burial grounds. Mm-hmm. That's the classic, like, horror film line, oh. isn't it? Oh, we built this house on... Just don't do it. Just, you know, respect that land. It's sacred. Just just move along. Find somewhere else to build yeah. your big mansion, you know? It... It's not like America's small. No, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and if it's a plantation as well, I'm sure there's a... You know, there'd be lots of space. Just just leave that sacred ground, ground alone and... Yeah. <laughs> fools, fools. Fools. Chloe is the most famous girl that roams the plantation. So in 1992, there is a photograph of Chloe, a young slave girl who is standing between the general store and the butler's pantry in the main house. And the scarf can be seen in the picture, which is how you can identify that she is Chloe. The photo was actually taken to distinguish the distance between the two buildings to aid the underwriters in creating mm-hmm. the fire insurance policy. So they weren't taking the photo for any paranormal reasons. When they took the photo, there was no one standing in front of them. They were just taking a photograph of the two buildings. And it was only once this photograph was developed that the girl was visible. Mm-hmm. And the National Geographic Explorer filming crew have also researched this photograph and they believe it to be true. And it is now used as a postcard which is sold on the plantation. So I'm going to send it over. So I'll send you two. There's one of it zoomed in a little bit closer. So Come on then, send it over. Send it over. Okay. So what year, when did they take this photo, sorry? 1992. So it's black and white. Why is it black and white in 1992? I'm not sure. I suppose they weren't... It, whether it's just because it was in for insurance, they were just taking a picture of the distance between the housing, the buildings. Yeah, but black and white? I know. Am I, am I going mad? Is that That's weird, right? I, I thought no it one, was strange. I did think it was... They strange. had colour. They had colour in the 90s. 
But yeah. Oh, those look a bit creepy. See, it's quite weird. So they're taking a picture of the distance between those two buildings. Yes. And then... Can you see the figure standing? Yeah, I can see the figure. It's pretty creepy, but it could. Maybe I'm being sceptical. No, that's fine. Absolutely. But, but it does. It, it... It's strange. So it, it might help if I also explain that Mr. Norman Benoit, a respected researcher, visited in 1995 and requested to research this photograph of Chloe. Hmm. And he worked out the dimensions of the head, the length between the shoulder and the elbow, the elbow to the wrist, and all of these were correct for a human figure. So all of the measurements are as they would be for a human. And like I said before, no one was standing in front of the camera. So it is it is strange. It's definitely strange, and it does look like a figure. I'm just being sceptical because of the whole black and white thing. Why do they do it in black and white, the nutters? So they're using some old early 20th century camera for unknown reason. <laughs> yeah. Like the Loch Ness Monster all over again. Yeah, no, that's interesting. <laughs> so there is another famous photograph. Um, so we'll be moving on. So obviously they named this girl Chloe. Mm. And there is another girl in another photograph, which they've charmingly named Ghost Girl. Which <laughs> <laughs> Ghost Girl. <laughs> Ghost Girl. The ultimate... Ultimate rival to what she calls Mary Octavia. Mary Octavia. Octavia <laughs> <laughs> ghost girl. Ghost girl. <laughs> exactly. So in this one, a teacher and a student are taking a photograph, and behind them, uh, on the left of the rocking chair, is a little girl that can be seen behind a window in antebellum clothing. And many researchers have also studied this and they just cannot explain it and this is a digital image so we have color i'm going to be sending you them they are there's three photographs of the same thing but it zooms in slowly in, in each one to get a clearer image of okay ghost girl. exciting this ghost one's girl. a bit creepy da, 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 there's da, one da, da. Uh, for a second, I thought the. <laughs> uh, Did you think the, the two? I thought it was the two people stood at the front. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing that's the teacher and the pupil. Yes, yeah, that's it. For people, because obviously listeners can't see it right now, there's like big grey smudges over the teacher and child's face to protect their identity. Yeah, they've been blurred out. So <laughs> I just well, thought that was like <laughs> the ghostly part. <laughs> yeah. So if you look in the background. Oh, God. <laughs> right? Oh, God. What <laughs> this is one's really creepy. That... Oh, hang on, i got something in my eye now. I'm not crying, I promise. <laughs> but, yeah, what is that? That is weird. Isn't that weird? It looks like... It looks like... And it can't be this, because it wouldn't make sense, but the face kind of looks like... Uh, like, a, like a set of logs reflected in the window. Oh, when, the one that's really zoomed in does look. Oh my god, there's clothes and everything. Oh my god, oh my god. Okay. <laughs> I mean, oh okay. my god, you've got to the. I thought you were looking at the last photo already. Isn't that spooky? No, 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 no. I was on the last photo, but it just wasn't. It, it wasn't, wasn't coming together. Yeah. Oh, it's creepy. Do you know what I mean? It? Yeah. It, it, I couldn't see the. I see now that it's like a whole a dress. fucking dress. Yeah. Yeah. Before, I thought it was just like a face yeah. in a window. Oh my god, yeah, that's terrifying. That is. <laughs> Isn't that the is craziest it dress, thing? Is it, 
But there's like a curtain, but then it does look really different at the bottom. Yeah. They've researched this endlessly, they just, and they just cannot explain it. So, it is. She looks like she'd suit the name Ghost Girl. Ghost Girl, yeah. Couldn't they give her a nice name? Like, oh, it's Little Lily, or like, you know, Ghost Girl. Ghost Girl. Um, film crews filming um, at the property. They filmed a film here. I just might say film a couple more times. <laughs> <laughs> probably said it about five times in that sentence, sorry. Um, the, the film crew film, filmed film, film crew in the film, film location. Loca- film. A film crew filming the long hot summer was subjected to paranormal activity as well. They had trouble with difficulties technically, so their uh, equipment would malfunction or the energy, it just ba- batteries would drain un- unexpectedly. And they'd also witness furniture moving in the property. Mm. Another well-known um, paranormal activity is regarding a mirror. Inside the property still today, there is a mirror in the grand hallway. It is positioned just outside the dining room. During the time of Sarah and the two children's death, it was accustomed to cover up mirrors to, after death to avoid spirits getting trapped in them. Uh, it was said that after these three deaths that they had forgotten to cover the mirror and that the three spirits were trapped inside there now. Now, if the poison story is true, it was believed that because it was unexpected that they forgot to do this. The spirits of the three three people can be seen inside the mirror as well as handprints that appear on the glass. And even when the mirror is re-silvered or repaired, the handprints will appear as well, as if to let the owners know that they are still in there. After work's been done. No, doesn't sound like there's an easy way out of that. It's creepy, isn't it? During the ransack of the property during the Civil War, it was thought, like I said, that three men were killed inside the house. Apparently this happened in the doorway, and there is a blood stain, apparently, of a human shape, that will not or would not come out. So it is said that when people try and clean this area with a mop, the mop will be pushed mm. out of the way of this bloodstain. That's Take unnerving. Mm. It is. It's not, not pleasant. Another unnerving situation is in 1968, a young girl died on the premises. So many deaths. I know, so many deaths. At the time, it was common practice to use voodoo to treat the sick. So they invited a voodoo practitioner to help. Unfortunately, she died regardless of this. The little girl apparently appears in the bedroom in which she died in, and it is reported that she practices voodoo on the people that are sleeping in the room. The the (sighs) student became the master. Apparently so. It's one of those, yeah, Mr Miyagi. That is a bit creepy. Situations. Imagine Mm. that. Not good. And that is the last paranormal story that I will be sharing of Myrtle Plantation. Um, so that is Myrtle Plantation. We actually had a comment left by Chris on our Instagram. And he, during the post about most haunted locations that you've been to, and he's actually been to this place on Instagram. He said that he woke up and his, his wife at the time woke up to children pulling out their legs Ugh. in bed. 
And not only that, they would hear these like rolling of clay sounding marbles. And the next day during the night, so they'd hear this like rattling noise. And during the next day when they went to, I think it was near the property, they had some like museums. They saw, went up to this glass box and it had these like oblong shaped clay marbles um, which were used at the time for children to play with and he said that when he saw that he knew instantly that that was the sound that he heard the previous night but he also said that there was a lot of paranormal activity investigations going on there Mm. with with spirit boxes and communication and he said that they were very very vocal so does seem quite high energy here. Yeah, it sounds cool. I think it's there's so many deaths that have happened on that property. A lot of emotion imprinted on it, and maybe that's Definitely. as people are perceiving that. It's interesting. And also note on Chris, who I believe was... Is that Chris, the fan of our uh, follower yes. of the week? Yes, yes. That's just, it, it means it's, I can nicely mention that um, th- those decisions are getting, and Georgia will agree, those decisions are getting harder and harder each week because so many of you guys are being so lovely oh i know it's, it's <laughs> each week we're like debating well this this person did this and oh it's it's so lovely yeah <laughs> we're just like we can't not give it to them. it's a nice problem to have but we feel bad now because we yeah. like we want to give it to so many of you um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> we want to pick you all <laughs> but yeah the, that's oh. um, that was an awesome uh, episode because i've not heard of the myrtle plantation before yeah, I thought it was a bit different to our usual. It was about time we had a bit of a, bit of a paranormal creepy. Episode, we should we should go and do an uh, investigation of it. We should do we should do the Adelphi Hotel and we should go there at some point when life's a bit more normal. Yeah, when we have some holiday oh, books or something. Um, oh, that would be great! I think we should. I think that'd be really funny. Unless we die. Unless we die, yeah. <laughs> Unless something really bad happens. Uh, I'm sat here, you know, in my little office. It's all fine saying, yeah, yeah, so up for that, that'll be fine. I know <laughs> if as soon as I go, I will be shitting my pants. Like, oh, I will God. be, we'll, oh, it'll be funny. It'll be like the um, Scooby-Doo mystery crew screaming down the hallways, like running after these ghosts. Like, running away from these ghosts. That is going to be a bit of a, yeah. But it'll be good. Shotgun Scooby Doo. Yeah. I'll be yeah. Scooby Doo. As in, yeah, for people not in the UK, that just means I'm going to be Scooby Doo. I'm not suggesting we shoot Scooby Doo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, shotgun. That's a weird phrase. Oh, gosh, yeah, shotgun. That's probably because, yeah, that's we, <laughs> yeah, for people outside the UK, that is not a threat. No, no. It's a, a good thing, it's really. It's a phrase. It's yeah. saying that you really want We can want teach it. you, you're learning all the British lingo. That's a, a well known phrase here. It's like, I. I, what does it mean? I guess it's like uh, that is. I was mine. gonna say, Bagsy it, but then again, that's another one. Like, that's yeah, also no, yeah. Um, Why do we have so many words for that? Uh, yeah, it's saying that you're or dibs, dibs. That's another word. Dibs, I think. Is, yeah, or just like I call that. Yeah, I, I've called. If you call it first, it's yours. It's um, kind of a free for all. If you manage to get it in before the other people do, like the front seat of a car or something. Yeah, front seat of the car is the most yeah. common. Then, if you shotgun a car, that means as a passenger, I am going to be in the front seat. Regardless of what you say, because I called it first, and that's the that's the rules of the game, the unwritten written laws of the game that everybody is accustomed to. Yeah. 
Everyone in Britain's doing this. Yeah. Every second. <laughs> Let us know if you guys. Shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> Let us know if you guys do it as um. If other people do it in other countries as well. Yeah, or some other words. Maybe. Yeah, teach us. Maybe there's some really interesting shotgun alternatives out there. Yeah. Do you want to do the socials? Yeah, so goringguiltypodcast at gmail.com. Email stories, whatever you like. And then our only social media that we're going to be using from now on is our Instagram, because of course you lovely people know that, because that's why you're listening to us. Um, Woohoo! Yeah. <laughs> uh, that is Gore and Guilty Podcast. And of course, we will be sharing the photographs from this episode. You can listen alongside, listen to us wherever you get your podcast from and you can follow the photos like Greg did during this episode so it's a bit of a hands-on one <laughs> paint by good. numbers listen by photos <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah. we just hit a thousand followers as well uh, so I know. We woke up to that today Woo-hoo! you guys are nuts oh, <laughs> so good so happy um obviously let us know what you think We'd love it if you could review us. I think you can do that on um, Apple Podcast. Really appreciate any feedback that we get. Um, and let us know what you think. Yeah, and we've had some, we've had some, like good constructive feedback recently, and we really appreciate it. We um, do. We appreciate all it all. Yeah. So we? honestly, don't be afraid. We won't bite. We're always very grateful. So we just wanted to make it be the best it can be for you guys to listen at home in the most pleasurable way. Exactly. Really. And remember, we won't judge if... Gore is your guilty pleasure. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for